Hey, what's up everybody? This is Austin Haynes with the Waking Justice Project. In today's podcast, we'll interview a true revolutionary who's making evolutionary change in their community. Resilient communities are the core building blocks of a just and sustainable global society. And the foundation of a resilient community is a just and sustainable local food economy. It's why the global revolution starts at home, at local farms and community gardens, at grocery co-ops and local food hubs, in your own garden, in your kitchen, and on your plate. The local food supply chain is the foundation of a self-reliant community, and resilient, self-reliant communities are the core building blocks of a just and sustainable new society, a new social system that will make this existing system of corruption obsolete. That is the revolution we seek. The real revolution is a strategic, non-violent revolution. It builds self-reliance and community resilience. The real revolution is a local revolt. Yesterday graduated with a Bachelor of Arts degree from Muhlenberg College. She's a health and wellness coach, food healing certified instructor, and a public speaker. But she also knows what it's like to be food insecure and without access to nutritious foods. She's here today as the founder and executive director of Bounty and Soul, which is based here in my home of Western North Carolina. She's fiercely committed to not only eradicate food insecurity and malnutrition in WNC, but also to inspire each individual to live a happy and healthy life. I'm super grateful to have Ali Kasperian here on the podcast with me today. Thank you. It's an honor and a privilege. Right on. I appreciate that. It is an honor and a privilege. And um, I just want to give the listeners out there a little background about how you came into my life, um, because it wasn't that long ago that I had no idea who you were. I had no idea what Bounty and Soul was. And um, I basically had my world rocked when I figured out about you guys. So COVID-19 hit a little while back, as we all know. And uh, Everybody was, you know, struggling to go to the grocery store and like the food shelves at the grocery store were empty, you know, in a lot of stores that I was going to, I was trying to get dried beans and rice and those things weren't even there anymore. And um, I had a friend one day who uh, shot us a text message, me and another friend and said, hey, come out to Black Mountain. Um, I'm giving away food today. I'm, I'm volunteering for this organization, come get some food. And I drove out there with a friend of mine. We're looking around, we go through uh, this like intersection in Black Mountain where literally the police are directing traffic. And we go through there and we're like, what in the world is happening in Black Mountain today? This is so bizarre. During COVID-19, there's all this traffic, police directing people. And we just roll through there thinking we're about to find this little table somewhere that somebody's going to give us some food at. Well, we get a call from, from our friend and she's like, oh no, come back to where the, where the police were and pull into that parking lot. That's where the giveaway is. So we, we go back, we turn around, pull in there and there's hundreds of cars wrapped around in a line in this, um, old abandoned, uh, grocery store shopping center. And it was like 
pulling into Bonnaroo, like the way y'all had it, like the cars doing their little S's and a line circling around waiting to grab food from you guys. So it took us maybe 15, 20 minutes in the line. We finally get up there. They ask us how many people are in our household and we tell them and they hand us this huge box of food. And me and my friend were just blown away at the organization of Bounty and Soul and how much fresh food y'all gave us. It was incredible. So I just want to ask you, how did you get the idea to do this? Like, what inspired you to start Bounty and Soul? Well, I, first of all, I love your story um, about how you came upon Bounty and Soul. Many times people don't know who we are, but either word of mouth um, or they read an article about us. And that first experience that they have is usually what gets, you know, they're like, I'm hooked. Um, I'm, I'm coming back. So I'm really glad you made it um, out, the, out to, see, um, to see that. And um, so the start of Bounty and Soul came out of a, a dark period of my life. Um, and I had uh, been a survivor um, of a domestic violence situation. I had a near-death experience about seven years ago. Um, and I moved to the mountains for what a lot of people do for, you know, healing and refuge and uh, landed in Black Mountain, really literally drove from Raleigh and was driving up the old fort and up those mountains and saw, I mean, what was before me, Western North Carolina and the beautiful mountains. And I had this incredible sense of peace and I knew that this was where I was supposed to be. So I right landed, landed in Black Mountain and I thought, well, you know, I've, you know, spent 20 years a successful um, corporate career. You know, how hard is it going to be to find a job? Um, and what I learned was that it was very difficult to find a job in this area. And so I really quickly fell into um, food insecurity, poverty, unable to find a job. Um, I started to clean houses um, and to cook for people because, you know, I, I, that's what I know I could do and make money for myself. Um, and at the same time, I was uh, volunteering at a community meal that was free. I was also a recipient of that meal. And so I really, I didn't know anybody when I came here. I, I had no, no reference, no, no people I knew. So I quickly reached out into this community setting and, and got to speak with community. And we all were sharing the same stories about, you know, um, suffering and, and, you know, go, being in this Place of not having access to the things that we that brought us joy and brought us happiness and food was one of them um, and healthy food and people talked about their illnesses and their and um, you know their diabetes and heart disease and um, and I you know I I grew up on healthy food and and I've had the privilege to know and and eat healthy food but found myself in a situation where I could not afford the food that I wanted to eat. So um, one day at this community meal, the director asked me to go to the local food bank to pick up some food. And um, so I'm like, sure, I can do that. I'm up for an adventure. And we went to the food bank and I walk into, I wander off into this room and it was the size of a football field, if not bigger. 
and I saw pallets and pallets on top of each other of all this produce and half of it was rotting and half of it was beautiful and I'm watching this volunteer just like by the tractor taking it out the door so I was like huh so I stopped the volunteer said where's this food going and um, she kind of looked down and you know I could sense the hesitation and she said it's going to a pig farmer and I said what I said a pig farmer I said why and she said, because no one wants to eat this food. And so it was my epiphany. It was my aha moment, um, as Oprah likes to say. And on the way back uh, from that uh, experience, I told the executive director, I said, I want one eight-foot table next week at this community meal. And he's like, why? And I said, I'm going to come back, and I'm going to rescue this food, and I'm going to set it up like a farmer's market, like basket and tablecloth and fresh-cut flowers. and he looked at me, he's like, why do you want to do that? And I said, because people want this food. And he's like, no one wants to eat this food. And I said, yes, they do. And I said, trust me. And so that next week, I set up one eight-foot table. I brought in my camping stove, and I started to cook some healthy food. Um, and that was the start. That was in 2000 and, in, end of 2013. And um, quickly, one table became three tables, became seven tables, became three locations, became five locations, and it quickly grew. And I will say that what, why it grew was from the very beginning, community was by my side. Community was helping, to, helping me to take my Jeep and, you know, somebody had a truck and we went to go rescue this food. We all did this together. I mean, I had the idea, um, and but it took a community to to really come walk alongside me to um, to make this happen and to create what is today Bounty and Soul. Um, right on. So that that's the that was the inception of it. Um, that was in 2014, so a little over five years ago, and um, we are you know we've distributed um, well over a million and a half pounds of fresh produce um, and um, yeah serve thousands and thousands of people and um, and what's really great is it's all really amazing nutrient-dense food makes me happy <laughs> well it made me happy because when I pulled up in that line I wasn't sure what kind of food we were gonna get but getting a box of fresh produce was like I mean, I couldn't have asked for anything better than that. Like, if there's one thing that this uh, coronavirus has, like, kind of instilled in me, it's that basically we have to take control of our own health. And I've, ever since this started, I've been wanting to eat more healthy, more healthy than ever, you know? And um, having fresh produce is such a huge part of that. So pulling up and getting a huge box of produce from you guys was just, it was a, a freaking blessing. So, so <laughs> awesome. yeah. So thank you. And um, so y'all are obviously serving, like how many people do you think you serve uh, each week in Black Mountain? Has COVID made it a lot more? Oh, absolutely. So pre COVID uh, we were serving about 850 people a week. And now during COVID, it's about 24, 24, 2,500 people um, right that, that is having nourishing food. And, and like you said, 
of all the times that nutrition is important, it is it is now because if if we are to protect ourselves from this virus, yes, the masks are working, you know, whatever. Mm. But truly, to have a strong, robust immune system is so important, and this is the food that does that for you. So, um, you know, if, if any if any time, and again, you know, I've been crying from the mountains for a long time about um, equitable access to healthy food and and yet you know during a time of a crisis when it is so important it is something that is so hard to find um, and and again it's what makes us different um, you know we, we look at addressing root cause issues and we're looking to be a part of a solution, not a problem. Sure. <laughs> and, I mean, and again, during COVID, this is this is a way that we can be part of a solution to um, having people have agency over their own health and to protect themselves as best they can with a nutritious food. Yeah, prevention is key, right? That's it. It is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, if I get sick, I want to be asymptomatic. I don't no. want to even know I'm sick. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So... Part of what we're doing with uh, Waken Justice right now is we're trying to build the idea that a a sustainable local food system is the foundation of a resilient, self-reliant community. And you're really helping to build that here. You're making Western North Carolina resilient and self-reliant. And I want to just ask you how your work is progressing with local farmers. Does anything that you're giving away? Is it currently from local farms um, or are you mainly getting it from bigger grocery stores? Um, how does that work? Um, yeah, it's a great question and thank you for asking. So really, you know, part of COVID too, you know, sh- shown a really big light on the broken global food system. And really, you know, in its wake, you know, we see local farmers and growers struggling um, because the restaurant industry has closed down, schools have closed down, um, and, it, and it has directly impacted them. So we have always been, you know, it's interesting because we, we have one, food in the, one foot in the um, food recovery and food rescue lane, um, and then also this one foot in the, you know, supporting local, the, you know, moving towards the local food system. Um, where it is, you know, we, we are growing what we're eating um, and we, nice. don't, we don't need to rescue food because eventually we shouldn't have food waste, but we do. Like 40, 50% of, you know, the country experiences food waste. So we have an issue there. But so how do we, how do we you know, have two feet in, in those lanes but move more into the lane of local food? So you know, it, again, through this COVID and even before we uh, last year, we set up a what's called the Farmers Alliance program, where we partner with local farmers and growers, and we it's a very reciprocal relationship where we purchase grade B produce and or we provide them compost or volunteer support for harvesting or planting. Um, so that we are not just taking, and and then we'll also glean their fields for anything that is um, not not marketable. Mm-hmm. Um, but this idea that we have to invest in our local food system is so important. So this year, especially during COVID, we have raised uh, money, um, written grants, you know, got a considerable amount of funding to to support farmers and to 
you know, spend our, you know, our funding on supporting the local economy and, and the, and the food system. So about in that box that you received, about 60% of that is local. So whether it's donated or purchased, that's where we're at. Like 60% of it is local. And then the other 40% wow. is coming, which is, which has been a big turn for us. Um, and again, it's, it's something we are, um, you know, strongly committed to and, um, and, and we are on that path and COVID, you know, when you look at the, the gifts and, and, you know, when, when you're facing challenges, it's, you know, one of that, those gifts is accelerating that, um, our process of, of purchasing and investing in local farms. So, um, you know, we have over 30 farm partners that we work with. And, um, you know, the other part of that is we provide education around um, some of the unusual, like mugwort or, you know, things that are, things that are um, foraged as well. So it's, it, we work with foraged foods um, as well as, uh, yeah, as well as harvested foods. So, you know, it's really exposing a lot of people to foods, really super healing foods that most people don't have access to. Um, And so education is really important around around that so um you know so not only are we getting education on things like you know um how to cook with kohlrabi or the uses of kohlrabi um but also like what to do with mugwort or chamomile or you know some of these other medicinal herbs that we are um sourcing and and distributing so it's really cool to be able to look at a box of food and say that right there is medicine um, and then also provide the resources and education um, for people that they can have that opportunity to experience it for themselves. So that's what we're all about. So that, and again, it's all, it's all, it's right here in our backyard. And I mean, we are really blessed to be in Western North Carolina where the, you know, the ag scene is really happening and the farmers, it, you know, pre COVID, the farmers markets were overflowing and abundant. Um, and you know, we're Foodopia, you know, we're yeah. Asheville Foodopia and yeah. it's, you know, a lot of farm to table restaurants and, you know, in, in the same way, that's great. There's also that underbelly of insecurity and, you know, the disproportionate access to, you know, people that lack access to those foods. Um, so it's really, you know, having both, it's, it's having a space and having a platform where we can support local farmers and growers and the food system and also make it equitable um, and just. For sure. Let's talk about foraging for a minute because foraging is something that I actually just got turned on to a couple months ago. And the reason that I got turned on to it was because um, also during COVID, um, when I was really, like I said, just in the mood to eat healthy food and to, to really not have to go to the grocery store a lot. My, my dad called me one day and he was like, Hey, come over here. We're going to walk down the street and we're going to, uh, pick some purple nettles and some stinging nettles. And I was like, what, what do you mean? And he's like, well, these are, uh, actually like nutritious foods that just grow wild in Western North Carolina. And I went over there and we picked huge bags of both stinging nettles and purple nettles. And I took them home, washed them. And I started putting them in my smoothies. I started making salads with them. 
And I, it, all of a sudden, my mindset switched. You know, it, sometimes it's hard to realize that such kind of cool, great, nutritious food is actually sometimes growing in your yard and you think it's a weed, you know? And it's like, when I looked up nettles later, I figured out that European settlers lived off of nettles when they came mm -hmm. to North America. And I, it blew my mind, like that this stuff, people think that it's a weed, but yet it's actually a superfood. Yeah. So, so what are like, as far as foraging, like uh, you said, some of the stuff y'all give away is our foraged foods. What what are some of the ones that uh, that you guys give to people and educate people about? Because, like you said, it's all about education. Just even knowing that these are yeah. they exist in abundance a lot of times right around us. Yeah, like chickweed and okay. purslane and dandelion greens yes. and um, violets and mm fine needle. I mean, I think what's also amazing is that nature knows what we need when we need it. Exactly. So like, for example, like dandelion greens and um, so dandelion greens are like detoxifying greens, you know, they're great for detoxification, you know, flushing out the liver and that they grow like just at the time when we're coming through a winter time of heavy foods, yep. mostly oily foods we're, we're feeling sluggish and mm. we need that vibrancy we need that ability to detox or detoxify our bodies yeah. and there it is out in your front yard um, and then and then behind that grows violets and violets are the one of the highest amounts of vitamin C in all plants wow. and coming into allergy season and you know you need a lot of vitamin C and so it's just really beautiful that relationship um, you know, that, that nature provides us everything we need, um, to, for our bodies to thrive. And so, and yes. then we, we educate on that and we provide recipes and, uh, we, ha we have a, uh, when COVID happened, we had to really take our education model and think and go virtual. So, you know, typically pre COVID we, we held these classes. Um, three times a week, we'd have 40, 50 people in a class learning about, you know, whether it's about medicinal herbs or foods or talking about, you know, meditation and mindfulness. Mm. Um, so, you know, we had to quickly adapt to, you know, obviously not being <laughs> in rooms with people of 50 um, to like, oh, gosh, how are we going to continue to educate? Um, yeah. and, and equitably. So like, so people that don't have phones or computers, how can we get this information out? So, sure. um, so we're doing, you know, we're doing things in, in print form, um, oh. with every, with every box and, um, as well as providing a, uh, twice a week, we'll have a, um, one of our, uh, AmeriCorps volunteers, um, who does a live cooking demo and it's like what's in your box today and so just kind of unpacks it and then talks about <clears throat> the nutritional value of the foods but also what are different ways that you can cook and prepare these foods that are in your box today um which is really you know i think amazing <laughs> i love it when i got the box of food from y'all it had um bananas in there and it also had turmeric and it had a little uh a little recipe sheet on how to make, I think it was a 
either golden milk or like a golden milk ice cream type of, type of thing. Yeah. But I totally made that that night. And I was like, oh man, I forgot that I even know how to make this. And like this totally reminded me of another nutritional, like super highly nutritional meal, like dessert basically to have. So I was so grateful to have those recipe sheets. I, I just thought it was the coolest thing in the world. I really did. Yes. Well, thank you. And, and since then, um, you know, especially as we got into the growing season and we were um, sourcing and distributing more from local farmers, we also have created a nourish, it's called the nourishment guide. And on there is um, kind of breaking down the local foods and talking about where they come from, what farms they come from. So shouting out to the farmers, because the other, the other element that runs very deep in this organization is like, we see food as sacred. Um, how it's grown, how it's harvested, um, how it's displayed, how it's prepared, how it's cooked, how it's eaten, how, um, and, and, and so it's, um, it, it's part of that honoring of nature and honoring the farmer and honoring the process of growing food, um, that we speak to. So, um, that's a little part of what, of what we do is, you know, to, you know, pay respect and pay, you know, give value to the farmer. And um, also, you know, I think a lot of farmers want to know that their food that they grow, that they, you know, sweat over and, and toil over, that, that that food actually is not going to waste. That's also really important to us, that people know that when they get kohlrabi or they, you know, they get, you know, something else that, may, that, that they may not be used to, um, tomatillos or, you know, sometimes eggplant is unusual for people. Um, but these are, yeah. So these are ways that, you know, um, here are some recipes, here are some uh, preparation tips, um, so that it makes it accessible for everybody, um, to, to, you know, experience them and also to understand where they come, where they came from. Wow. I just think it's so cool that that you had the mindset to do this. Um, because like you said, a lot of um, other places that give away food and try to help people out, the things that they're giving people are a lot of processed foods, a lot of processed meats, a lot of, you know, foods that I guess are more typical to the standard American diet, but they're not exactly providing you with any benefit. They're not necessarily preventative uh you know, foods that are actually providing you with real nutrients and substance. So it's so cool that you actually saw that there was a lane for that. You're like, no, we will take healthy food and we will give it to people and they will love it because we're going to educate them on why they should love it, how to love it, how to prepare it. I mean, that's, it's just genius. It's like, it's so genius. And I can't believe no one did it before because Although it's genius, it's also obvious. It's like, why? Why did it take us so long to figure this out? I also think that speaks to the equity piece and, and that we all, you know, we, we, and this justice piece of, you know, we, have, we all have that human right um, to have access to healthy food. And, yes. and, and like I, I said many times, you know, when people were like, this is, you know, I don't know why you're doing this. This is a stupid idea. Nobody, nobody wants this. Like, and I would say, I said, well, who are you to decide for others what they should eat or want to eat? So, so it's bizarre. Really, 
it's, and it is a stripping, you know, stripping people of, you know, their right to make a choice about what they, what they want to eat. And also, you know, this idea that we have a health crisis, like we have a, you know, not COVID, and I'm not talking about COVID. I'm talking about obesity, diabetes, heart disease, mm. and we can, we literally can prevent those things. 80% of deaths come from lifestyle and diet. And a part of that is food. And so why would we be giving out food that is fueling these diseases? Um, and when we can, when we now have science that shows that eating whole food plant-based diet can not only prevent, but reverse, I mean, reverse disease. So, I mean, again, it's beautiful. again, yes, yeah. it's, it's a nature no provides. Yeah. But like you said, no nature provides, it gives us everything we need. It's all right here. We just right have to there. take it. Yeah. That's right. I want to also ask you about um, you. You hinted towards Black Mountain having somewhat of a of a food insecurity issue, especially when you first got there before Bounty and Soul existed. Has it gotten better? Um, I'm sure it has. I mean, there's no way it hasn't. Uh, but what is it like? What are the problems that still exist within uh, Black Mountain? And and basically how. Do you see your overall vision for Bounty and Soul? Like if you, if you can work towards your goal and get it completely right, how will that transform in the future? Great question. So, for, well, I do want to say that when we talk about our service area, it's not, it isn't just Black Mountain. Like we're based in Black Mountain, okay. but we have, we have people that drive from, you know, as far as 60 miles to come to our markets. So, wow. um, you know, surrounding counties, um, you know, cause you know, we do take, uh, some of the information we do take is zip codes. So we've been, we've been able to analyze, you know, where people are coming from and, you know, there are a significant amount of people coming from outside the zip code. I bet. Um, and so, which is really great because, you know, that's kind of the, that's kind of the ripple effect that, you know, it's not just helping the people in this community, but it is helping other communities because it's also allowing people that drive 60 miles to then go back in their community and bring this knowledge, you know, talk about Bounty and Soul, talk about nutrition and healthy food. And, um, and again, that's kind of, that's kind of this ripple effect of how this, grows um so it's really more of a like a a culture and a movement of um of health and and well-being uh that again is 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 about the food but also about these other things surrounding well-being you know whether it's mindfulness meditation yoga exercise whatever um and that they are they are strongly integrated so um you know we we have seen, I mean, we, we have a study that we do, an annual study that is externally facilitated through uh, UNCA Health and Wellness Department. And this past year, uh, in 2019, we saw that 60, 76% of the respondents reported 
uh, you know, a significant improvement in their food security. So they, they, they were not skipping meals. Um, they were able to access enough food for themselves and their families. So, which is a great marker. Um, and, and again, it's not about, you know, I stress this a lot. It's not about just food. We're not just feeding people. Like this is very intentional. This, this model is very intentional in um, the types of food that we share, the way in which we share it, uh, the other elements that um, contribute to health and well-being, uh, you know, like I mentioned before. And the other big piece that I didn't mention that is part of our mission is, is, is the social connections and community. That mm. we are, you know, we're social beings. We are meant to work interdependently, um, collectively for not only the survival, but us to thrive that way. So Bounty Soul exists in that space of collective action. Um, our, our core values were created um, through a collective process of voice from community. Wh how, what we teach on, how we teach is all decided um, through, the, through these partnerships that we have with participants. It's a partnership. Um, so that, that also, you know, having greater, having a, a greater vision um, for oneself, for one's community, for one's, you know, nation, for one's world is what brings, I, I, what, what I believe is what keeps us going. It's our, it's our purpose. It's our, you sure. know, knowing that what we do and how we do it matters is, I think what it's all about, <laughs> you know, like, because if, you know, if we're, we're seen, heard and valued in a way um, and that, you know, crosses all socioeconomic and, you know, all lines, if, if we, if we have that basic premise, I, I think that, you know, we, we can exist in a world where things are equitable, things we can sustain at that level, we can all thrive, we all have that fair and just opportunity to thrive. And I mean, that's my hope, that's my vision, you know, and this one little organization exists in that space. And so through this kind of ripple effect, um, that is my hope and my vision. Um, and, you know, we've created this model to be replicable so that awesome. any, anywhere that malnutrition or food insecurity or um, food injustice exists, this model can exist. Um, so that's, you know, the vision of, of where we would like to go. Um, and we've seen it already. We've seen little iterations of this model popping up in different counties in, in Western North Carolina, different Great. states, in different states. Uh, people have said yes. people can learn from us and, and, and model uh, what we have created and, and they'll go back to their community and, and hopefully we'll hear from their community first. You know, what is this something that you want? How do you want to be part of it? Um, and always hear from the community first. Um, before and that's and that's the other reason why this or this model has been successful is because it was the voice of the community that started it my idea but it was through hearing voice of people sitting next to me at at the table at this community meal and hearing um, their stories and hearing the pain and the suffering and knowing we all wanted something better for ourselves and this opportunity came and 
was a no-brainer. And we, we all came together and we continue to come together around it. That's great. Okay, cool. So, so basically, if everything goes right, which it's going to because y'all are absolutely doing phenomenal work, then we're going to have a thriving community. We're going to bring people together around food, healthy food, education, health, wellness, mindfulness, community, coming together. Those are all things that I just love. It makes me so happy to even talk about this, this type of stuff. Um, so you're well on your way. I'll just put it like that. Like, I have no doubt in my mind, you are transforming our community and it is rippling out. So that's what I want to talk to you about next is um, this ripple effect. If other people want to get started in their own community, what tips can you give them right now um, to kind of, you know, take your model and just go ahead and get started? It starts with a conversation. Um, it starts with, you know, asking, you know, I, I often say it's as simple as like that question of like, what brings you joy? And, you know, when you ask people that question, you know, they're not saying I want to, I want to have disease in my body and I want to, you know, I want to eat crap food and feel crappy. And, you know, they, they, people, they want to thrive. They want to feel good. They, they, they want to, you know, have energy to spend, you know, with their families and their friends and doing things and reaching their full potential. And, um, you know, so when you have these conversations and, and just sometimes people just don't know and that's okay. People just don't know. And I, and I had this premise that it's not that we don't know, it's that we forgot. We, yeah. I, I believe that it's just, uh, we have, we, we've forgotten and we just need to remember that we all we all know that the food that grows in nature, when we see the vibrant colors and we see those things, that we know inherently know that that is what what our bodies need, our mind, body, and spirit need. So again, it could be you know a, a gentle nudge to you know provide provide those space for remembering. Like do you remember? Like because most people either had a garden or their grandparents had a garden or they, you know, maybe they went to the farmer's market when they, you know, or their grandparents went to the farmer's market or their great grandparents. So it's, it's not very far off in, in people's remembering. So it's just providing that safe space to, to remember and having conversation around that. And if it feels like it's, it's like, okay, that's what we want. We want to live healthy. We want to have, we want to eat these good, good foods that we can't access. Then it, then it is now reach, looking around your community. Are there community gardens? Is there, or is there a food pantry that is serving maybe not so great food? And there is a willingness to go start rescuing food from these places, whether they're farmers fields or um, a food bank that is getting, you know, healthy food in. And then how about growing food for yourself? Like that, that's another part of what we do is we provide um, starts and seeds and soil for people awesome. to grow supplemental food. So maybe some tomatoes and lettuces and kale. And, um, and so that this way they're starting to remember again, like, oh my gosh, I can grow my own food. Same thing with foraging. I can go out my backyard and pick, you know, dandelion greens and chickweed or purslane. 
Um, and I, and again, it's giving people back their power. Um, again, it's like we, you know, we're not, I don't need to empower you. You already got the power. You just need to remember that you have the power. And, and again, it's like when you make those connections, again, those are the aha moments. It's like, you're on your way. Um, and again, there's just so much energy around, you know, I, I mean, I, I also feel like people are waking up. It's like, again, waking just, it's like, waking I agree. Up. of we course. Are, yeah. We're waking people up. Yeah, they are. And, and I think they're waking up in numbers. Um, and, and I think everything in, in, you know, what is happening now in the convergence, we're in a convergence and, and it's, you know, people can make a choice. And I think people are, um, and I'm, a, I'm an optimist, and I, I certainly live in a space of hope um, that we are going to come out of this stronger, more resilient, break down systems that are, are not there to serve everyone. Um, and, and we can create the, the future that we want to live in. And again, that's part, part of food is part of that. Um, so whether you're, whether you're growing your own food or you're supporting a local farmer or you are rescuing food, um, you are learning, uh, relearning how to cook healthy and, you know, make that part of your, your existence. Um, I have a lot of hope. I do. I just, and I, think, and I think that this model, that's why it's replicable. It's not, okay. And here's a newsflash. I was living in poverty when this started. I yep. was in a philanthropist, like I didn't have, uh, you know, all this money to start this. So it literally was started with $200. Wow. So, and that was, you know, basically seed money from my father's funeral. Like, and I, and then that was also kind of happening at the same time. I lost my dad and um, a woman, uh, a dear, dear friend um, approached me at my dad's funeral and, um, you know, she had some resources and wealth. And so she reached in her pocket and she, you know, shoved the $200 in my pocket. And she said, I just want to let you know that last week I had lunch with your dad and he was telling me about what you're experiencing, what you're going through, and also what you're trying to do and what you're trying mm. to start. And yeah. she said, he was so proud of you. And so- wow. That was just again, you know, these these reminders that we all, if we if we open ourselves up to, they're all around us. You know, are these beautiful reminders of, um, and even in the midst of suffering, and even in the midst of challenges, if we can open up to these places of these gifts and these nudges, you know, and we accept them and move towards them, um, you know, again, it's a choice, but um, you know, I. I, I think this is where our future, this is where our future lies. That's so awesome. And that was actually going to be my next question was going to be about like, how much money does it take to get something like this rolling? And how much time does it take? And it sounds like as far as money, it really doesn't take too awful much, right? Yeah. I mean, again, it, it's, you know, there's some sweat equity in it. Like, you know, like if people have trucks and if people have, you know, the, the ability to go pick food or um, go up and pick up food, um, you know, yeah, I mean, or, do, you know, is that, does somebody have extra uh, harvest in their backyard that they want to share? Um, 
So it's really, and that's why it goes back to those conversations because it really, that, you know, once you put it out there that this is what you want to do and this is what you want to create collectively, it is amazing who shows up. It yes. is amazing. Yeah, um, right on. And, and, it may, and it may be a donation, but really it may be somebody saying, oh my gosh, like I have a bumper crop of tomatoes right now. I don't know what to do with them. I'm going to bring them by could you use them or you know hey i've got extra um i've got an acre more of land like you know if you give me some starts and seeds i can grow food for you all um so it, it really everyone has can contribute that's the other beautiful part is everyone can contribute everybody can be part can be that's part so of it. cool well can you give us um Real quick, can you give us uh, your website, your like social media, anything you want to give to the people to let them know how to find you and so that they can go ahead and start researching Bounty and Soul for themselves? Yeah, so you can go to um, bountyandsoul.org and it's spelled out bountyandsoul.org. Um, um, there you can link into our Facebook. We have a very active Facebook page. Um, we're on Instagram. Um, so we're on, you know, we're on the social media platforms that you can, you know, kind of see all the, you know, cool things that are happening. Um, and then I'm, I've, you know, I've made this my life's work and I have also, I made my, I make myself available and cause I, I, I want to see all people thriving and I, I want to, I want all people to work past the inequities and the injustices that are set up in our system. To not, you know, not afford us that those, um, you know, those rights. So, I am, you know, you can reach out to me. You can go onto our website and find my email address, um, and reach out to me if you're interested in starting something um, like this in your community. Um, I would love to to support that and help you in any way I can. Right on. So you heard it here. Go find Ali Kasperian because she's freaking awesome. And <laughs> take this model and use it in your own community. Get started any way you can because it's all about the local food economy. It's all about community coming together and thriving. Yes, that's it. That's it. So I want to just thank you so much, Ali, for being a part of this podcast today. I appreciate it. Man, I just look up to your work so much, and I just want to thank you for being such a huge, amazing part of my community and for sharing this so that other people can get started in their own communities. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you, Austin. It's, it's truly been an honor and a privilege and to share this space, and I hope to see you at Bounty. And so I might be dressed up as a kale or a sweet pea, but nice. um, <laughs> I hope to see you there. You'll definitely see me there. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I'm hooked. Thanks again, Allie. I appreciate it. Thank you. Yo, thanks for listening to the podcast today. If you're currently involved in a local project that strengthens the links in your local food supply chain, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at info at wakingjustice.org and tell us about your work. And if you want to learn more about local revolutionaries making evolutionary change in their communities, find us on your favorite podcast platform or head on over to wakingjustice.org to meet the team, check out more episodes, and learn more about the project. 
and to become a financial supporter of this podcast and to gain access to members-only content, visit patreon.com slash wakingjustice. And remember, the real revolution builds self-reliance and community resilience. That's because the real revolution is a local revolt. You must be involved in the struggle for freedom and justice. Justice is rising and it ain't just us, it's all of us. If it's my love.